that was our dog Aries, and I'm America. Jesus, I don't know. You're gonna hear him whine in the fucking edit, but okay. And that's James. Oh, you sad, sad boy. He's upset because James isn't upset. The dog is upset because I put him in a costume. Because it's a Halloween podcast episode. We watched a Halloween movie. It's going to come out the first two weeks of November. Yeah, but for the live audience, (laughs) it's the day before Halloween. (coughs) And for stream audience... It's still fall. I don't care what the stores say. I don't care what you say, unless you live somewhere not America. Then you have a valid point. But everybody else, it is still fall. For the next month. What happens if we move out of country and no one celebrates Halloween? It's not Halloween. It's Thanksgiving. Yes. Yes, you're right. Which people out of the country... Don't celebrate, because it's Why an American they? holiday, so. But. Exactly. It's still fall for the next month. Anyways, we watched The Haunted Mansion. The 2000 and something. 2003. 2003. Eddie Murphy. I'm still sick, by the way. Hot garbage movie. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as you say it is. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. (coughs) This is going to be fucking rough. Do you have any more cough drops? That you can... They don't fucking help. Not this. James is struggling. God, I didn't even think about the logistics of doing a podcast where I'm a main talking point we're recovering from illness if you're joining us in Uh, podcast land because streamland already knows but podcast land doesn't really know because none of their uh releases have been delayed but we have been very ill so we do apologize we will try to keep both of our coughing to a minimum Um, my first note for this Haunted Mansion movie is that the movie starts off trying to pretend it's the ride and that it's good. Oh, I just said it was the loudest intro credits ever of all time. It just starts off, like, playing a lot of the hits from the ride and, like, trying to convince you that it's going to be a good time and it's going to be as good as the ride and it's just not going to be. Uh, they also dragged Eddie Murphy into this and maybe ended his career unconfirmed. Just my opinion. I don't know. He still got Shrek 2, and that was a big hit. He had to do Shrek 2, because he did Shrek 1. Well, yeah, but it was still a big hit. Um, And then, yeah, we just played a lot of the ride hits through the opening credits, uh, and then dropped all of the establishing lore into these opening credits. Like, you find out who all the main ghosts are, and... How they quote-unquote died. No. And everything in like one, maybe two minutes of opening credits as this masquerade ball parades in front of you. Um, And then we opened up to this kid who is delivering a paper to the house. And I don't know why the kid would be delivering 
anything to the house. It didn't really make any sense. There's no one that lives there. Yeah, and there hasn't been anyone that lives there for quite some time, according to, like, the opening lore that we received during the credits. Yeah. So, I don't know why that kid would be going there. Um, He does have the flyers for Evers and Evers Real Estate, but, like, that, it wouldn't be on a listed property, like, list for him to go deliver flyers to. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense why he's there. Yeah. Um, he's really just there to show us, like, that the house is mean, I guess. Um, and to get the face of Sarah Evers into the hands of the ghost. That's really... That, he's a plot device. That's all he is. Uh, but the gate, I made a note of because it has a bunch of eyes on the gate. And there's no real reason for the gate to have a bunch of eyes. So I just... Well, yeah, there is because scary... I just said the gate implies that Count Olaf lives in the house. <laughs> What's that society called? That secret society? VFD. Yeah. Yeah. Very fire department. Volunteer fire department. No, it's very fire department, for sure. It also stands for like 80 other things in the series, but that's not the movie we watched. Bonus um, Frederick Dietrich. We are, we watched Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion, and in this next scene, we are introduced to Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's character, Jim Evers, of Evers and Evers Real Estate, where they want you to be happy for Evers and Evers. And the reason I say that is because, God, that tagline is gross. If it sells houses, it sells houses. And as we learn later, he is a very successful real estate. And it's a very successful, like, image of, like, him and his wife selling happy, like, houses together. And they're happy forever and ever. And they want you to be happy for... You sell seven houses in a Evers month? Evers and Evers. What's the... I'm gonna do some money math. Also, what's the average, like, real estate game? Is that, like, normal to sell? In 2003? houses, or... Is that, like, more than normal? I don't know how many people... Like, how many houses one sells in a month. Um... I also got mad at the movie during, like, this whole opening scene of him selling a house to someone, because it severely oversimplifies how hard it is to buy a house. I'm not a fan. Same with selling the house. Like, those people were at dinner, and he just had them, like, sign some documents as they're drinking Mai Tais. Like, there's... It's not that simple. I wish it was that simple. But no, you have to go through, like, 80 billion steps before then. Um... I wrote that Eddie Murphy is still funny. Um... He's a funny actor. He, like, got... He ended up kind of becoming, like, in a trope of himself and, like, a parody of himself. But he... I don't know. I always thought that he was really funny. Um, And then we get back to his house where we find, like, after he has all these people sign these papers, where we find out that his marriage is a little bit struggling. He was late for their anniversary. actually entirely missed their anniversary. And it's kind of here that we start seeing that, uh, I feel like it was a late 90s, early 2000s trope of just playing the overworked father bit. They're like, the dad is constantly working and he doesn't have time for the family and we're busy, busy, busy. And I just, I don't know, I feel like that was like a trope that they played for a lot of money in a lot of movies in the late 90s and early 2000s because you got a bunch of movies in that time period. I mean, Hook plays that. 
a bunch of them just play like the the dad is busy and he does all the work and he doesn't have time for the family and works all he cares about blah 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 um but we meet his family his wife Sarah Evers um and then we meet he has two children Megan and Michael and I bring up the kids because at one point he is yelling up the stairs and he's calling his son Michael Jordan Evers and I need to know if he actually named his child Michael Jordan Evers cuz Probably. Why? Because Michael Jordan was great. Why would you not name your kid after someone great? That's I cuz I don't know. I don't like it. Um <laughs> and full stop. Full, full stop there. there. I don't like it. Uh we also I feel like I, I felt like you would be talking a lot more about this movie because I've seen it before and you haven't seen it. I mean, it's okay. So it's like he just does weird stuff for like the first 10 minutes of the movie where he is, you know, he sells the house, then he goes to the tiki bar, then he gets home because he's late because it's an anniversary, blah, 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 blah. And he just does weird stuff the whole time. Oh, and the fucking white people at the tiki bar are the like special kind of annoying where, like, they're just, like, over-the-top extra about everything that they say and do. And I fucking hated it. God, it was so awful to witness. But, you know what? We saw it, and I guess it's fine. Um, I don't even have another note until the spider. Well, that was... I was about to talk about the spider. So, he's going up because his son is calling for him. And, uh, Michael Jordan Evers... Um, is calling him, and he's scared because there's a spider in his room. And his dad says, like, you. he basically gives the lesson of, like, you gotta grow up and don't be afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is a horrible parent lesson. That is a horrible thing to teach your child, because fear is an adaptation that keeps our, like, our species alive. If we didn't have fear, we'd all, a lot more of us would be dead. Like, telling telling your kid to, like, not be afraid of anything or that their fears are silly and unwarranted is such an old-school style of parenting. Like, and I know that this is an older movie. I'm just saying if we're watching it in the lens of right now, don't do that. Don't just sit there and go, yeah, don't be afraid. You shouldn't be afraid of anything. You gotta grow up and not be afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. Um, they go back at the end and, like, reteach that same lesson and teach it correctly, but still, bad parenting, bad dad. Um, and then he promises his wife and his kids, he's like, hey, we're gonna go on a trip this weekend, like, we're no work, nothing, it's just gonna be the family, and we're gonna sit there and we're, like, gonna do family things and leave work to the side to make up for how shitty of a father I've been. Um, yeah. And then his wife is on the phone downstairs talking to a potential client that wants to meet them like tomorrow. And he had just promised them, no, we're going to the lake. I did the money math. Okay. Welcome back. Sorry. First, I had to figure out how much money a real estate agent makes off of one sale. Then I had to figure out how much the average house cost in 2003, where the movie is. (coughs) (coughs) 
God, I wish I was dead right now. Um, he says at one point that he sold eight houses in the last month, which means in the last month he made approximately $51,744 of 2003 money. If we adjust that for inflation, to sort of give you an idea, I didn't do that math. I have to do that math now. Would you like me to talk while you yeah, do that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, his wife is on the phone. He finds out it's like a multi-million dollar mansion. It's semi on the way to the lake where they're going, so they'll just swing by it. Convinces her they'll just swing by it because it's like going to be really good for the business. And it is a like their family-owned business. Like It's just them running it, so they like... I mean, you got to put in the work when it's just your family business. 83 grand. He made 83000 in the last month. Um, Adjusted for inflation, which is 60 fucking percent. Yeah. So, um, they he convinces her that, like, they'll just swing by it, and then he tells the kids that they're just going to be there for, like, 20 minutes tops. Um, so they go look at the house. I, um, I made a note that the only plot driving device is actually greed yes because like he made a fuckload of money in the last month totally you don't need to dude in louisiana in 2003 he made 50 grand in a month that's excluding everything he made in the months prior it looked like it was like maybe like late summer well maybe like early spring well, I don't fucking know. It They went to a swamp, and it looks like a swamp at all times in a swamp. Because it's in the south, and there's no seasons in right. the south. So, he, I mean, he's just, he's got fucking ass loads of money. So the only real pushing factor here is that he can net even more money by getting in bed with a mansion owner. Yeah. And you can tell that's kind of a driving force for his character, too, because, like, during the movie, like, through bits of it, he's like, oh, I want to get a giant portrait hung of myself. Yeah, like, yeah, How cool yeah. would that be? And then, like, he, like, acts like he's, like, the owner of the mansion. And um, he drives a fucking BMW, and he steals a cigar, and it's just yeah. all this shit. And he, like, he talks to the butler. He's like, you know, if I'm hiring, like, what should I look for? Like, and I, some of it's, like, just schmoozing and doing the act of real estate agent. But you can also tell that he kind of likes, like, the grandiose things and the finer things in life. Yeah. So he buys his wife, like, a Rolex or at least a very expensive diamond watch. Mm-hmm. So he clearly likes having the fancier things. But they get to the house. Um... And they can't get in because the gate is locked and it's not opening. Uh, and so he's, they're like, they have a small argument about, like, whether they should wait or what they should do. And it's at this point that you also see that, like, the wife, Sarah, she's also invested in this house. Like, she's interested in it. She's like, oh, gosh, look at the grounds. Like, let's get out and take a look and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And I'm like... But then later on, she's like, we didn't have to be here. Meh, meh, meh. And I was like, like, she gets mad at Jim for working, but then she also is pushing him to work. Like, she's saying, oh, we should put that in the, ta like, in the listing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
you can't have it both ways, lady. Like, you either want to be there for the house or you don't. And you're the one that took the phone call, so, like, you could have very easily said, like, hey, we're closed this weekend. Instead of taking any of the information down. Um, but anyways, they, uh, are arguing outside the gate. And I said, you didn't have to come. Like, because he's getting annoyed, because he's like, I thought you said they were expecting us, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you didn't have to come. Didn't need to be here. Take this as your sign and go on your fucking vacation. Like. Really, though. This is the universe saying, go away. Um, the lock is also in the shape of a hidden Mickey. Oh, damn. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Hidden Mickey on the lock. Um, and then the gate just magically opens. Because Haunted Mansion. Yada yada. Uh, and this is when I, at least I noticed, um, I'm sure they showed it earlier, that they also have custom plates that's like Evers, like, realty. And I was like, eh. Eh. Like, I understand it's your business and, like, you gotta do as much advertising but as possible. cringe. Yeah, but. Unbased. Like, like, custom plates are bad. Unless they're, like, really clever. Like, James and I saw one that was on an orange car today that said vitamin C. That was That's funny. funny. That's good. That's like good if they're and clever. Cl- if they're clever, fine. But if they're like gross and cringy, don't do it. Um. And then we get to kind of see like the house, and it is a night like it's a big house, but it's clearly been abandoned for quite some time. Like there's, it's overgrown. The whole entire like, uh, all the land is overgrown. They have a cemetery in the backyard. Um, which they make a note of, and they, like, spin it to make it seem like Victorian mansion with spacious land and all this stuff. And that's when, like, the wife's, like, because Jim says that, and Sarah's like, oh, we should put that in the listing. And I'm like, you can't stop. You can't have it both ways. But then um, it starts to rain because we need a plot device to get the people inside the house. Inside the house. And stay. Also. And stuck at the house. If it doesn't start to rain and force them to go inside and eventually stay, what are they going to do? What's the plan for the ghosts? Like, what's uh, the move? Well, I I don't know. Maybe the ghosts made it rain? Sure, let's say that. Well, like, it's like a Rocky Horror situation, (laughs) right? (coughs) They, uh, They basically did the same thing in Rocky Horror where, like, if... Janet and what's his fucking bucket? They wouldn't end up at the house if the road wasn't closed to the rain. Right. And it was like very evident that that was kind of like staged almost. At least the road closure was. Yeah. Um, And they never do go check to see if the road is actually closed because the river flooded it. Like that could have just been. They could have just had a sign out there. Yeah, that could have just. Well, and even in this one, that could have just been the butler, because he looks out the window and he goes, oh, the river's flooded, the road is... You can't, you can't get go, out. you yeah, gotta stay wow. here. And No like, one checks, no one verifies anything. Yeah, no, they don't go look, they don't go check, they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, alright, fine. Trust but verify, folks, trust but verify. Yeah, I'd go look at the fucking road, I'd go check, I'm, especially if I, like, promised my kids that we'd get to the lake, like, I'd go... Trust but verify. Um... But we get inside, and we see that the whole place, like I said, it could use some renovations and, like, a cleaning crew or five. I just wrote that Louisiana is a terrible place. 
It is covered in bugs and cobwebs and dirt. Because guess what? It hasn't been inhabited by anyone but fucking ghosts. For a while. For a while, and it's very evident and very clear that that is the case. Um, and then we're introduced to... I forget his... Uh, Ramsley. Ramsley, Ramsley uh, who is the butler. <laughs> Of the house, and he does the they hired an excellent actor for him. He, and stamp. Yeah, he he does creepy so well, and he has the face for creepy. Like he has just enough hair, and it's ghost white, but it's like thinning, and he has like high cheekbones and like I don't know. He just has like a creepy look, and it's so good. It's so good. Um. And he gets upset because in the original phone call, he told Sarah to come alone because they want Sarah to meet the master of the house by herself for obvious reasons. Um, And so he's kind of upset that the husband and the kids tagged along. Uh, And he makes a note of like, we're going to have to set more places at the table. And then goes into the dining room, this grand dining room, where there's literally, like, 30 place settings. Like There's a lot. Yeah, it's not even, like, one or two or, like, even three or four. Like, there's 30. And I just wrote, I think there's plenty of settings at that table. I don't think you have to set any more settings at the table. I think you're good. Looks like you planned a banquet for 30 people. Also... Side note that I didn't think of. Uh, how does Ghost getting groceries? Unclear. To make all this food for these people, because um, I'm pretty sure it's probably like a, a American Horror Story rules. Like, you can't leave the grounds of the house. Like, you're tied to the house, so you can't just go be ghosting at the grocery store. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. And this was before the time of, like, of food grocery delivery. So yeah. they, I don't know how they got all this food and the grounds, like I said, they're, they're overrun and they're not like growing anything. So I don't know. I'm, they have, they make no explanation of how the ghosts got and obtained all this food and then were able to cook all this food. <sighs> Just no explanation for the food that is there. Um... I will say this, Jim is really good at his job, and he's putting in the fucking work for these people to sell this house, because they called to sell it. Like, he is putting on every charm, every move, he's being really polite, even when they're kind of shutting him down and, like, only talking to Sarah, and he's even, like, pushing past it when they, like, start kind of, when uh, the owner of the mansion starts, like, flirting with his wife. Like, staring at her creepily. And he is putting the fucking work in as a real estate agent. He's doing the damn thing. He is out there to make the sale. He's smiling. He's being polite. Even when he's being, like, they're being rude to him. It's, it's great. Um, this is the point in the movie where we, in the middle of dinner, where we get the note that the road is flooded. Because. Bum, bum, bum. Of course it flooded. And whether it did or not, like I said, we never get confirmation. It also stops raining 
pretty early in the movie. Like, they haven't gone to bed yet. They yeah. got escorted to their rooms, but they haven't gone to bed, and we're out in the grounds later, and it's not raining. Yeah. And it's, like, barely muddy, so, like, y'all could have left. I know At some point, like, they make notes that they're, like, trapped in the house, and they can't figure their way out, but still. Could have did it, but you didn't. Um... Then we like because the river's flooded. They're like, "Oh, you got to stay the night." So we get escorted to our rooms for the evening, and Sarah and Jim get in a fight because they were supposed to be at the lake and blah blah blah. And I was like, "Bitch, you were into this property like two hours ago. You were talking about the lands and the like ornate architecture and how pretty the fireplace was and how good a cell this would be and blah blah blah." And they don't make them like the same more. And then you're getting in a fucking fight. With your husband about the listing. Yeah. And, like, doing the job. I, I made a note that her, like, her flip-flop attitude doesn't lend itself to how a person behaves. Like, you're either all in on the deal, and therefore you maintain the charade of being, like, excited to be here and stuff, and see the property and sell it and shit. Or you don't, and you don't behave like that at all. And there's not, like... It's not, like, long periods of time going between these, like, personality switches. It's, like, minutes. Like, one minute she's like, but the lake. And then the next minute she's like, ooh, add that to the listing. And I'm like, pick like, a lane. Make a, make up your mind. What do you, How do you want to be today? Do you want to be the businesswoman or do you want to be the stay-at-home mom? Like, what do you want to do? And you're just, it's adding, like, artificial tension to a situation that's, like, you could do this whole movie... And not have her flip-flop back and forth. You just get rid of, like, four lines and you're done. Like, it, you could still play it where they go to look at the property, they get trapped in the rain, they're yep. there. Yep. Ramsley comes to ask Jim to talk to him in the library. Like, you, you literally could cut out the whole artificial tension in this marriage. And it wouldn't, the movie would play the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah, it would. I don't know. It just really bothered me. Um, so they get in a fight, and she storms off into the bathroom, which also, like, every room in that house has an ensuite. That'd be fucking dope. I wish I had money. Yeah. Um, and then Ramsley, the butler, shows up, and he's like, Jim... Come with me to the library to talk to the master of the house. It's not really clear if, like, this was just a way to separate them or if, like, he was actually going to talk to him in the library because later Sarah comes to the library. So I'm not really sure what, like, their plan was with this whole library nonsense. Because everything that happens yeah. past this point is, like, an accidental situation of him accidentally, like, opening the... Yeah, he, he sort of oopsies the rest of the plot along, so I don't know. It's it's not real clear what everything, or how everything would have gone if anything was different. I feel, like, I feel like the ghosts had a plan, and then they kind of just didn't, like, their whole plan was just, like, get her here. Yeah. And past that, I mean, I know they weren't expecting, like, the husband and kids, but still, like... I feel like there would have been a meeting when they, after dinner, and, like... And I feel like there's, like, workarounds that they could have thought of. Yeah, I don't know. 
was, they they didn't really think this all through. Um, but he follows Ramsley, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I don't know if you like uh want to whatever want to get a spray tan. Like, I know this guy in the city; he's really good. Like, could clear up some of the ashy whiteness." And I was like, "That dude ain't even ashy or white. Like, he is." I mean, he is white, but he's white, but he's like tanner than both you and I. Like yeah. his skin is like a darker. It's a joke. Shade. About, it's a joke about him looking pale and ghostly. Yeah, but he doesn't look pale and ghostly. You look pale and ghostly. All right. Have you seen James? All this right. is white. God damn. The butler in the movie is not as white as. I'm just saying you're getting bullied. Some people. Wow. So I'm saying, it's just, wow. they made like a big joke and point about it, and he's not even the whitest person in the movie. That's fair. The, uh, maid, the male maid, I don't know what you'd call him, maybe he's the valet or like something, but... He's something, but it's Wallace Shawn, and he's fucking great. And he's also whiter than Ramsley. Like, yeah. Ramsley is not that white. He has the ghost white hair, but that's, a spray tan's not gonna fix that. Um, and then, uh, we get into the library and Jim goes about his, like, pretending that he's rich and, like, ah, da 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 and, like, doing this big act where, like, what you would do if you were not alone, mm-hmm. uh, or, if, like, if you were alone and, like, you didn't know, like, no one was around to watch you and, like, yeah. you were just playing around in a giant library. Um, and then he accidentally knocks the head of a statue over. Which reveals a secret passageway, because we're in a haunted mansion, so of course there's yeah secret passageways. Actually, well, I feel, feel like most mansions, it's just like you assume there's secret passageways, because mansion. Because, yeah. like, I'm not going to lie, if I had a ton of money, you bet your sweet ass there's secret hidden rooms <laughs> and shit in my house. I mean, why wouldn't there be? I would put one in here if I could. Well, like, all right. Yeah, like, you just make a, like... The bookshelf swings open, and then you go like that. You could connect that hallway. It'd be like a playroom. I don't know. Or to that closet over there. Anyways. um, The secret door bit goes on for quite some time, because it's just a lot of Jim and Eddie Murphy, like, opening and closing the door at different speeds and, like, at different intervals for, like, a solid minute. And that's a minute too long. Like, Oh, yeah. Three times for comedy, three to five times for comedy, sure, but it's a, it's a long time. And then eventually, um, we go into the door because no one's smart in even children's horror movies and, uh, we're just going to go into the secret passageway that we probably shouldn't go into in the house that's not ours. Solid choices. Solid choices are being made by everybody. Honestly, there's it it doesn't make any fucking sense the decision making paradigms of people here. Like people just commit to doing spooky shit all the time. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I mean it's the horror trope of like people just make bad decisions in horror movies. Um the kids go about making some bad ones here in a minute. Sarah makes several questionable choices. She spends way too much time with the creepy man than she than any person reasonably would who's married. 
and just got separated from her husband. Like, she spends way too much time with him. And... It's an unhealthy amount. The really... The only thing Jim does is he gets... Like, he goes in the secret passageway. Everything past that point is not really his fault. Um, Because he just kind of gets trapped. Yeah. Because when he goes in the secret hall, way behind the secret door, secret door closes, he can't get back out. So, um, he also lights a match when he's in there. Um, and we can, like, that match burns for way longer than it possibly should. I've been lighting matches recently, and do you know how quickly I have to blow them out before they burn my fucking fingers? It is not a credible source of light. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say in this half of the movie, unless you do. I mean, let's see. Because I'm, I'm about halfway through my notes. Let's see where we're at. I mean, I feel like, honestly, when they put Eddie Murphy in the in the library, I think they just sort of let him riff. Like, I think they just sort of, I don't think they had scripted lines, because he just sort of monologues in there, especially after Ramsley leaves, and just fucks around with stuff, and then everyone starts fucking around with stuff, and then, I, I, my big question is, who sits down at a client's desk? Oh, like, if you're a guest like, at someone's yeah, if you're, home? Yeah, if you're a guest at someone's home, and you've been invited to, like, it's got to be a hoity-toity type of guest, or a, a type of homeowner, though, because, like, the, you know, you're getting invited to wait in their office while they are away, and they will return and speak with you then. Are, are you going to sit down at their at their desk? No, and I'm going to snoop, their stuff? though. You, oh, it's snooping's one thing, but, like, straight up sitting in their chair and, like, play-acting like you're them? That's fucking weird, dude. That is a weird thing to do. That is a strange thing. Normal people don't do that. Normal people would not do that. Like... I'd be snooping. I wouldn't be acting like I'm the rich person in the house. I would 100% be looking at that desk, though, and, like, checking drawers and stuff like that, because I'm a... <coughs> I'm a nosy bitch. <coughs> um, but, yeah. I feel like our episodes have been, like, short lately, because we've been watching some, like, decent movies. This one's mostly mediocre. It wasn't great, but it, like, wasn't We also awful. haven't even engaged scary things yet. No, I was just halfway through my notes. So that's kind of what I was okay. going off of. Alrighty, we will be back in the next episode. Um, Yeah. S- hear you then? Listen to you then? What do you listen, say? Listen to me then. Listen to me then. Bye. So arrogant. I love it.